yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello and welcome to the left wing from the Ireland Team Hotel in Bordeaux. Well, the team to play Romania on Saturday has been named and it's a strong one. Johnny Sexton starts. Joe McCarthy has been named in the second row. Rory O'Connor and Keane Tracy are here with me. Well done, Keane. You had uh, Joe starting in the paper this morning. Yeah, 14 out of 15 um, ain't bad, but still annoyed about um, getting one wrong. Um, what was that? Keith Earls, I think, is a bit of a surprise maybe that he's starting in wing purely because I think otherwise that's Ireland's first choice um, backline. I mean, clearly they're, like we've discussed all week, they're looking to send out um, a statement of intent. But Andy Farrell said that... Uh, is Matt Hansen, Hansen... Yeah, he said he's fit. Okay. I mean, you can only take them on face value, but I'm just surprised because everyone else is kind of first choice. But um, yeah, Joe, Joe McCarthy, I suppose, is the big story, Sinead. I think, um, like we've all been at the pressers all week, if you kind of read between the lines... You could see that this was coming, even to go back to John Fogarty, the forwards coach, how well or how highly he spoke of him earlier in the week. And when we spoke to him then as well, we it was my first time chatting to him. And just when you're up close to him, you see the size of him oh, and yeah. why the Ireland coaches are have been so excited about him. And I have a feeling that this it's been kind of clear, I think, for the last while that they've been trying of uh, trying to accelerate his development. And I would not be surprised if they see Joe McCarthy playing a role against Springboks, all going well in a couple of weeks. So um, up against a Romanian pack that aren't going to be the str- the strongest, they're going to be game. You try and make it a scrap. I think this is a huge opportunity for Joe McCarthy. He's only twenty two. He's making his second start, his World Cup debut, but it's a brilliant opportunity in what is otherwise a very very strong and recognised pack um, to lay down his own marker I think Yeah even the other players speak so highly of Joe as well don't they Rory? Oh they rave about him not just as a player but also as a as a character around yeah. the place he seems to be really popular I was impressed by him the other day I hadn't mm. uh, I don't think I'd spoken to him um, through his time at Leinster um, I've I obviously missed whatever gigs he's been put up for but I don't think he, he has was, put up for many yeah, they've almost been kind of keeping him in cold storage and here he and he's and a good talker he, yeah. he is a good talker and he yeah. obviously hasn't played an awful lot for Leinster he, you know he wasn't involved in the Heineken Champions Cup um, final, you know, he he had had an injury during the Six Nations. You know, he probably would have had a, more of a role during the Six Nations, but um, very impressive young man and a very impressive uh, physical specimen. Um, unusual shape, man. Like his legs are enormous. You know, he's just not the kind, kind of 
Um, second row, Ireland usually produce. We produce a lot, a lot of kind of tall, um, sleek, you know, jumpers. He is more a spring, spring box style, 120 kilo lock. He? He's a tractor, yeah. as, as Leo Cullen, I think, described uh, <laughs> them to you. And, um, you know, he was picked ahead of Jean Klein in this Ireland squad. You know, he may end up playing against Jean Klein, although he's got an injury at the moment in the spring box, but he misses out in the Scotland game. But, you know, Ireland think that this guy has a huge ceiling and Andy Farrell has proven throughout his career as an Ireland coach that he's very good at identifying yeah. talent before sometimes the provinces do. I'm not saying Leinster have missed this guy. They've obviously have played a huge role in his development through Trinity and all that sort of stuff. But it's a huge opportunity to play alongside James Ryan behind Tyke Furlong, Rob Herring, two of the best scrummagers in the in the Irish squad. Um, the back row composition is very interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, what do you make of that? Like, I think that's designed for the box. I think, you know, I think that this, they've wanted to do this for a while is my impression and Tyburn at six I really like it it allows them to to even alternate through the tournament you know shift Omani to seven put Omani on the bench they can they have options as they go through what they hope will be an eight, eight, eight man sorry an eight match tournament but sorry are you like, saying that Josh van der Fleer shouldn't start I think you should rotate your squad through, yeah. the, through, through the whole thing I, I, I didn't pick Josh van der Fleer and my team to play South Africa in our jury last week because I think you keep him on ice and you play him against uh, Scotland a week later yeah. because you have five unbelievable back rows in that squad if not six I, I, I'm losing count but um, I like Byrne at six I like like you know Byrne van der Fleer Doris would be exceptional Byrne O'Mahony Conan very very good Baird Con you know Baird yeah. Doris Conan very very good you have very good combinations there um, and it's going to be a long tournament horses for courses all that sort of stuff so I like Baird at six and sorry Byrne at six it also allows you to put a man at seven and burn as the jackal's threat from, from the sixth jersey. It's almost a South African thing. Well, I was just going to make that point, Rod. I think, has an Irish back row ever had as many jackal threats? I mean, it's a strength of Peter O'Mahony's. It's a strength of Caelan Doris's. Um, and if you think that they are going to try and do that against South Africa, because South Africa have so many poachers usually in their team, but I kind of would tend to, you know, side with Sinead's surprise there, really. How could you leave the the World Player of the Year out of a huge game but obviously we're jumping a little bit far ahead here but it is a, I really like that um, back row as well I think it does free Tyke Byrne up to yeah. get around the pitch a little bit more I think he's done a brilliant job and you know what he's going to give you in the second row but I would expect to see many more of those big involvements that we're so used to seeing him in his blue scrum cap this weekend And we're just after the press conference there Johnny Sexton of course uh, starts again and I'd say he really is just dying to get going yeah, I mean, it's almost six months since yeah. he since he last played and there's been so much chatter over the last while. Would he, wouldn't he feature against Romania? I suppose we'll never know if this was part of the plan, but given how strong the rest of the team is, I think even if Johnny Sexton had played, he was going to start this game as well. Look, we discussed this on the podcast yesterday about why certainly I felt it was really important for Ireland's strongest team to get out and lay down a marker. And with Johnny Sexton in the team, I mean, their chances of doing that are just significantly enhanced. Like he says, he's feeling fit. He's, you know, no issues with his kicking or anything like that because obviously he had a groin injury, which is, you know, very tricky for a kicker. So, um, look, he'll be itching to go. We've obviously arrived in Bordeaux. All the players and Andy Farrell were asked about the heat. Um, I had a story up on the website earlier yeah. today that um, basically their water breaks are going to be um, happening I think if the temperature it's over 30 degrees and it could be up to 35 come kickoff tomorrow so that's definitely a factor the rest of Ireland's games are going to kick off at 9pm local time 
Whereas on Saturday, it's going to be obviously half three. So that is, it, it's interesting because I mean, Warren Gatlin came out earlier this week and said he was totally against it, that he wanted the ball to to be in play. But I think when the temperatures get that yeah. high, it's dangerous really, isn't it? Um, one of the forecasts that I had re- was reading actually earlier when I was writing the piece um, obviously it wasn't like with the match in mind in terms of mm. the weather forecast but it said um, such extreme heat uh, brings serious danger for outdoor activities so I mean if you're talking about playing a rugby match so um, that's definitely going to be a factor as well but look Ireland have spent time in Portugal they obviously spent time in in Biritz and Bayonne and I know it lash rain for the match against Samoa but they should be well prepped Yeah, no, even the taxi man bringing me to the team hotel was saying it is ridiculous to have that kickoff an early afternoon kickoff tomorrow considering the temperatures that we're going to experience here or the players are going to experience. Okay, we're just going to hear now from Johnny Sexton but first, here is Andy Farrell about his selection of Joe McCarthy. He he deserves it uh, with um, the form that he's shown not just in the games that he's played but also in his preparation over the last 10, 11 weeks. He's... um, He's really progressed his game. He gets an opportunity to, to start in, a, in the first game of the World Cup. Obviously, uh, if you could give people game time that's not had game time, it, it, it would help. But at the same time, our mindset at this stage is, is uh, full steam ahead. Um, again, whatever side we put out, he's going to be strong. And uh, we expect a, a fantastic performance on the weekend to kick us off in the right manner. Yeah, we'll see on, on Saturday. Hopefully I can um, go out and play well and have a good performance. I, I expect that of myself. Um, there's no excuses in, in that regard. I've, I've, um, I suppose once once I got over the injury, obviously then came the, the three games off. And, um, you know, once I, once I knew that was there, I've just been focused on this game for the last um, couple of months. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it now and uh, finally get back out in the pitch. Sexton seemed to have his game face on today as Keane. They just all, yeah, in. they all did, I thought. You know, we, we had a couple of others true, you know, Amani, Furlong, um, Rob Herring and Gary Ringrose all they're in match mode. I think, you know, as this approaches, it's it's a big moment in their careers. You know, whether it's your first World Cup, your second, your third, your fourth, as some of them are there, like Sexton, it is a very big moment in your career. And for Sexton, it's six months building, you know, whether the frustration of his injury, missing out on Leinster's run in and his grand finale, as he saw it in the Heineken Champions Cup final, then to what happened on that day, the subsequent lingering kind of doubt over whether he'd be available for this game against Romania, the fact that he got the ban, wasn't able to play a part in the warm-up. You know, I, I've sensed a bit of frustration and crankiness about him as he's gone about stuff in the last couple of weeks because he hasn't been able to be part of the team that he needs. So I think this is an important moment for him to get out there. You know, 38 years of age, hasn't played for six months, you know, has worked very hard to rehab that groin, but until he's actually out there, you know, do, you know, can he, you know, I think he just needs to get that 60 minutes into him. And then, We'll see Jack Crowley, which I thought was an interesting mm. selection call as well. The fact that he's been picked ahead of Ross Byrne, which is, I was expecting Crowley to start against Tonga next week but and, and Byrne to be on the bench today. But Crowley, like Joe McCarthy, looks like he's hit a SEMA form and training through the warm-ups and they're backing him through as well. So it's um, there's a couple of things to read into this team selection. Whether you read too much into Romania, I'm not sure. But it's uh, the there's a couple of little nuggets that maybe coming into this week we wouldn't have expected. Yeah, of course, you got a bit of few nuggets as well on the train journey down I hear. Yeah, we, we were on the 11-11 from um, 
tour of San San Pierre de Cor, which mm. is the the TGV station and tour. The whole place shut down with excitement. We were walking up the steps to take. We were on the same train, so we were walking up the steps, and this man goes, "God, stop, stop! The Irish team are coming now." So we, he was, he wanted us to go down and look at them, and they were basically filmed by te- hundreds, well, tens of people as they came through. Security presence, as we talked about all week, was off the charts. I was in the next carriage over to them. They were basically at the front of the train. They had the first class carriage booked off. I was in the next one down. And um, when I went to go to the to the bar to get a cup of coffee, there was three policemen between my carriage and their carriage to make sure no one was going to interfere them, interfere, interfere with them. Um, and then they, yeah, they disembarked straight out onto. We were trying to get a taxi. The taxi was held up by the the fact that their police escort was blocking them. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it being close to their entourage. I'm writing about this for Saturday's paper. How big yeah. their entourage is and the big security presence. The fact that if 31 members of staff plus a few others flying in and out. I know some of the staff were down last night in Bordeaux preparing for their arrival. The operation, I saw a bit of it. We flew home from Beiritz with the team on the flight. Um, you know, the logistical operation of getting them from A to B is, is phenomenal and the security levels here are off the charts. I, think, I know one member of the media lingered in the room a little bit too long there was nearly taken out by a member of Treadstone. So they're uh, they're serious about what they do um, and it does yeah. make the whole thing a little bit more tense around them, mm-hmm. I think. You know, there, more like there actually was to. a sniffer dog in here earlier as well with, with the security. The, like, so we've kind of mentioned the guys, uh, the James Bond type figures who look like they take you out, but seemingly they're counter-terrorist um, specialists. So they're seven and one full we, time. We, we've mentioned this a few times, but I, I think it's worth reiterating and especially having seen the operation that it took this morning to get them from, what was it, Rudd? A hundred yards from their bus onto the train was like remarkable. The amount of police that were there surrounding them as they walked in, I think it was, as Rudd said, it was clear that people realized what was happening. They'd spotted the team bus and they're just shepherded in onto their train by so, so many police, all these counter-terrorist um, people. So um, it's worth... It's worth it's not just Ireland. I was talking to... We had a Welsh colleague, Alex Bywater, was on the, on the train now and I was asking him what it's like up in Versailles where they are. He said it's pretty heavy as well. There are... I think eight teams have been designated high high danger targets or high you know at a high mm. risk of being targeted by terrorists. So I think Ireland are, are amongst that number, and they're getting a big big amount. But I mean, it's so far scale out of training where there's just no one around, and, and they're getting it. Another one of those teams is South Africa because I was talking to someone on the train, actually, ironically enough, um, on the phone who told me that he was in the South Africa camp last week, and that on their training ground up in the trees they had mirrors hidden, like kind of secret mirrors so that they could see if anyone in their surrounding area was spying. Apparently they have these sticks, almost like kind of um, selfie sticks with mirrors on the top of them, real small, um, like loads of police presence as well. So it's not just Ireland. And I think it's something definitely we're going to get into with the players next week. Because I wonder how they feel all about it. I can imagine that they're oblivious to it because this is very different. Like someone like Johnny Sexton will say his fourth World Cup. I don't, it's been nothing like this. Even think back to no. Japan. And I understand that we're in a different country, but I would love to know, they might not tell us, but if they feel on edge by it at all, even the presence of it. But it's an interesting, I know like some listeners might feel like we've been talking about it all week, but if you were here to yeah, see it. Because it, it's, it's so visible. It really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, lads. Great stuff. Thank you for that, Rory. You're on your way to Paris Yeah, tomorrow? back to tour tonight. Yes. Train to Paris in the morning for New Zealand France. So I'm looking forward to that and I'll be back here for the game on Saturday. Good stuff. And myself and Keen will be back with another podcast here from Bordeaux tomorrow. But for now, thanks for listening.
Listen and follow The Left Wing wherever you get your podcasts.